sometimes our plans ultimately are not the plans of the Lord. And He interjects and He changes things. And He leads us and directs us in different ways at times. And though Paul wanted to go to Rome, Paul had never thought that it would be the way in which he did. From the time that Paul finished his third journey and, and took the offering to Jerusalem and to the time of the text that we're getting ready to read in Acts 28, where Paul is now in prison in Rome in a privately hired house and he is now presenting the, 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 the message that the Lord Jesus gave to him in the Arabian desert, he is now presenting it to the Jews that came to see him in his privately hired home. No, no one is exactly sure about the time frame, but it is certainly a minimum of four years up to six years' time. So from the time that Paul was taken by the mob in Jerusalem to the time he is preaching the gospel to the Jews in Rome, it's four to six years' time. With all that happened, all that he underwent, every trial that he went through during that four to six year period of time, you would have thought that he would have lost some passion. You would have thought that he would have maybe taken it easy. You would have thought maybe he would have even given up. But listen with me, Acts 28, verse 30 and 31, at, at the voice of Paul and at the actions of Paul in that hired prison in Rome. In verse 30, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and he received all that came unto him. And what was he doing? Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence and no man forbidding him. Paul did not change. He didn't stop preaching the gospel. He didn't stop with his, with his calling, Paul continued on. But can I tell you tonight, there were great reasons for Paul to be discouraged. Paul went through just about everything you could imagine. So what I'd like to do is take the next few minutes and I'd like to trace those four years, those six years from Jerusalem to Rome. And, and so that we won't take three hours to do it. I won't call out all the Scripture, but we'll start in around Acts 21-22. And the first text that we will read would be Acts 21, verse 30. So here's what happened. Paul finishes his third journey, and he goes into Jerusalem. And he knew something was going to happen, didn't he? Because the, it, it, many places in which he stopped during that third journey, people would come to him. Agabus and other prophets would come to him. And say to him, you know, Paul, you know, like I've bound you with this girdle, or like, I, like, like I've bound you with this girdle, you will be bound in Jerusalem. And everywhere he went, people told him, Paul, don't go. Do you remember all the times that when he would say goodbye to the people that he was leaving, that they would cry and weep over him and beg him not to go into Jerusalem because they knew that some kind of trial, and Emily, if I'm too loud, if I raise my voice, just put me down a little bit. They told him something was going to happen, and Paul knew it. Paul says, the Holy Spirit has expressed to me that these, something there is going to happen. But Paul continues on his journey and goes to Jerusalem anyway, and he takes the money that they had collected and, and his group of men deliver it to the churches there. And when Paul got to Jerusalem, he met with James and the council of the church of Jerusalem. And they met with Paul and they said, Paul, you know, we've got some men that have just finished up a vow. Why don't you go now with them at the end of it and go into the temple and pay for, them, for their ritual shaving? And, and that will show the Jews, that you're, you're not here to destroy the, the Judaism. You're not here to disobey all of Moses' commandments or anything and that, that you're kind of following along. And you know, it was Paul's way of ministry to become all things to all men. And, and Paul, he would be Jewish to the Jews. He would be non-Jewish to the Gentiles. He, he, he wouldn't break 
the commandments of God. He wouldn't go against the Gospel and, 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 and that kind of thing. But he wanted to try to get the Gospel to everybody. And so Paul went into the temple and he paid for the ritual shaving of these four men that took this vow. And while he was in that temple, someone saw him and said, hey, look, this is the guy that's been causing all the commotion and all the problems. And a riot broke out around the temple. And they, and they seized Paul and they took him and they closed the doors and shut him in. Now, the commander of the guard, and that, that was in verse 30 of Acts 21, and it says all the city was disturbed. And the people ran together and they seized Paul and they dragged him out of the temple and immediately the doors were shut. And the commander of the guard heard about this commotion. And it was his job to keep peace in the city. So he goes and he takes Paul and he's going to take him back into the barracks. And as they were walking up the stairs into the military barracks there, that mob kind of followed them towards the barracks. And Paul says to the commander of the guard, do you mind if I speak to them? And so Paul there on the top of the stairs he begins to testify to the mob. And look in Acts 22, verse 22. Paul told them when, where he began, to, to, where, how he got saved and how God trained him and, and, and how he was in Damascus and then came to Jerusalem. Paul told, him, told the mob what God had asked them, him to do. But when he got to the point when he said that I, God has sent me to the Gentiles that mob became irate. And what that, when Paul said, God sent me to the Gentiles, those Jews knew exactly what Paul meant. That Paul was preaching a gospel, preaching a message that would bring equality to both Jews and Gentiles alike. That the gospel would reach them both and they would be on an even playing field. Because you know what? The Jews felt themselves better than the dog Gentiles, correct? And that did not go well with them to be equal with the Gentiles. And so, in verse 22, they listened to him until this word. And then they raised their voices and they said, away with such a fellow from the earth, this man is not even fit to live. And they wanted to kill him. So the commander took Paul back inside to the barracks. And you know what he was going to do with Paul when he was in the barracks? He's going to beat him but he was going to beat him with a special type whip. It was the same whip that, that when they crucified Christ that they beat him with. It was a short-handled whip with metal in it and, and uh, uh, made out of, I guess, some kind of uh, horse hair or something and, and it would have glass and metal and shards of things in it. So when that was going to... What do you call the dude that whips? A whipper? What do you, a whipper, Andrew said yes, call him a whipper. So the whipper guy, he would be able to twist that whip in such a way that would actually pull the flesh off the body. Now, in all of the ministry that Paul had been through, he'd been beaten many times, he'd been stoned to death, but he had never received a beating from this type of whip. If you look in scriptures, he was always beat with a rod, Correct? He was beat with a rod. So this would have been the first time that he suffered basically the cat nine tails. This, this whip that would pull out his flesh. And so the commander was going to take him inside and beat him. Do you know why they would beat a criminal uh, when they arrested him? It was basically torture. They would torture him to find out the truth or the reason of the crime or the problem. And they were going to beat Paul to find out about this commotion, about this riot, what was going on, what the problem was. And you know what? Paul was a very wise and discerning man. And God chose Paul because he was the right man for the mission at which God wanted him to perform. And Paul looks at the guy that was going to beat him and he says in verse 25, it says to the centurion, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Now, when that was sounded forth, it, it was a serious issue for the Roman soldiers. 
because they did not want to inadvertently beat a Roman citizen. Does anyone know what would happen to a soldier if they inadvertently beat a Roman citizen? He'd be put to death. So that soldier didn't want to take the chance of losing his own life. So he goes off and he runs to the commander and he says to the commander, listen, this guy says that he is a Roman citizen. And the commander said, okay, let me go talk to him. And he went to Paul, and you find this in chapter 22 and verse 28. He went to Paul, and he says to Paul, he says, look, by a large sum of money, I obtained citizenship. But Paul said to him, commander, but I was free born. And, and, and the thing is, I was always curious, you know what, could you just buy your citizenship? Not technically. Really what it was was a bribery. If in, in Armenia, basically, you can get anything you want if you pay enough money to the officials. Now, some of you have been reading uh, Peruza's blogs about Anush. Has anybody been reading those? A couple of you. Anush is a lady in Armenia that ended up having her leg um, uh, amputated. And she had no medicine. No, no pain medicine. She wasn't having any care given to her. She, was, she had gotten sick and was soiling the bedclothes and they were not changing her bedclothes. And she was sitting in this in pain, in agony, in, in misery. And she called Peruz and said, you know, I want to die. And Peruz went to the hospital and found out that the, the sums of money that they had given to the nurses and the doctors had run out. So they had to pay them more money for them to clean her up and to give her pain medication. And the thing is, she's supposed to receive free health care, but it's not free. And that's how this commander obtained his Roman citizenship. He bribed an official for it, and they gave it to him. But Paul, because of his dad being a Roman citizen, he, he by birth was a Roman citizen. And so now the commander could not beat him because you cannot beat a Roman citizen. And so what happened was, what does the commander do? I've got this man in my, in my prison that I can't beat to figure out what his crime is. I've got a mob that is rioting outside that wants to kill this guy. And I'm supposed to keep peace in Jerusalem. And if I don't keep peace in Jerusalem, Rome will send some others down here to replace me. I'll lose my job, my finances. Taking care. Do you see the problem? So the commander says, fine. Let's get the Jewish tribunal together called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a group of Jewish men that, that were made up of the religious bodies in Jerusalem. They were, it was made up of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And so they brought this tribunal together and they brought Paul into the midst of the tribunal and said, the commander said, listen, you listen to him and you make a decision because this Sanhedrin had the power to say, Paul, you're innocent. You can go on. You can go away. Knew that wasn't going to happen. But the commander had no other choice, so he sat Paul in that, in that council. Now Paul, again, through discernment and wisdom, he saw that this Sanhedrin, because Paul was a Jew, he was a, he was a Pharisee, he understood the council, he knew what it was made up of, and he knew that the Sadducees and the Pharisees had different theological views about the resurrection. So what Paul did is that he caused a dissension, he caused an argument between the scribes of the Pharisees and the scribes of the Jews. And guess what they wanted to do now with him? They wanted to kill him again. And in chapter 23, in verse 10, things got so out of hand that the, the argument and the riot, basically, that within the council of the Jews, the commander had to come back in. And the Bible says in chapter 23, verse 10, that there arose a great dissension within that Sanhedrin council. And then the commander, fearing, that, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and bring him back into the barracks. And I, and I thought about this, and as I was reading, you know, Paul was in more danger in the midst of the Jews 
than he was in the midst of the heathen Roman centurions. So Paul is in the prison. There's a commander that has no idea what to do with him. There is a, there is a uh, Sanhedrin council that could have eased things down and made decisions to, to ease the riot and to dispel the situation, but they got so tied up into their own religious issues and disagreements and things that they couldn't do it and they were going to pull that man to bits and to pieces to kill him and so the commander had to come in and 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 rescue Paul out of that situation what are we going to do now and Paul is sitting in the midst thinking now what and that evening look what happened Acts 23 verse 11 But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Now, if you have a Bible, a paper Bible, and you, or even a tablet Bible, and you look at that, can, can you tell me what is different about the words be to the word Rome, what color are they? They're red. They are the words of Jesus Christ to Paul. Remember, look, the Bible says, in the night falling, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good courage. The Lord came to Paul and spoke to him and said basically this, Paul, don't worry. I know it looks bad. I know the situation actually looks pretty horrible. They want to kill you. They, they don't want you to live. They have said that you're not even fit to breathe any longer upon this earth. There's a commander. He doesn't know what to do with you. There's a Sanhedrin that can't decide what to do with you. But you know what, Paul? I know what I am going to do with you. And you are going to go to Rome and testify of me. And so the Sanhedrin couldn't get their way of, of, of putting Paul to death and the commander rescued him. But that's not the end of the issue in Jerusalem. That night that Paul was in the prison and the Lord Jesus stood by him and said, Paul, it's going to be okay. You will go to Rome and you will testify of me. Do you know what the men of this world are plotting to do? See, I look at this story and I think, it doesn't, what, it doesn't matter what man tries to do. God always prevails. Sometimes God will allow things to happen. Sometimes God might even allow men to prevail over, some, over you. Or, or, or you remember uh, Jim Elliott? Hey, God allowed that Indian tribe to kill Jim Elliott and those other four missionaries. But that missionary tribe the devil didn't prevail over God. God allowed that to happen for a purpose. And I believe it was Nate Saint's wife. Years later, she went back into that village and she brought the gospel to those villagers who had killed her husband and the other four men. And do you know, not too long ago, the, that the, there was, there's, there, right now even, there is one of those village men who killed Nate Saint and Jim Elliott and those other men. He wrote a book of testimony of how God has changed his life through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen folks, God always wins all we need to do is trust Him. And Paul's sitting in that prison. What am I going to do? God says it's going to be okay. But it doesn't mean that trials and tribulations are going to end. And it doesn't mean that hard times aren't before you. Because you know what was happening when God, Paul, God, whilst God was encouraging Paul, there were 40 men who were taking a vow of death to kill Paul. In Acts chapter 23, you can read the story around verse 12. Forty Jewish men were out for blood, Paul's blood. They took an oath and they bound themselves under a curse. And they said, we will drink no food. We would drink no water and eat no food until Paul is dead. And so what they did is they asked 
the Sanhedrin council again to go to the commander of the guards and say, hey, can we talk to Paul again? You know? And probably did it very kind of calm and did it in such a way to convince the commander to, to release Paul. And the plan was once they would bring Paul down to the Sanhedrin council, these 40 men would be lying in ambush to attack Paul and to kill him and, and to end this once and for all. But you know what? Somehow, some way, scriptures don't tell us how it happened, but somehow one of Paul's nephews heard this plot and he went and told his mom and then his mom said you need to go tell Paul and the nephew went and told Paul and Paul says look you need to tell the commander so they called the guard and said this boy needs to talk to the commander and then that boy went to the commander and said hey I have heard that there is a plot of 40 men that have been bound by a curse they says we will die if we don't do this and, they, and they're going to kill my uncle Paul. You need to do something. And so, that, that commander decided that I, he has had enough. And he is going to send Paul to Caesarea. You know, I think about this. I'm looking at this and, and I think, you know, religious people do, do ridiculous and stupid and hateful things because of the zeal of their religion. And do you know what I'm glad tonight? that we do not have a religion. A religion is all about doing something. A religion is about following a dogma and, and, and following things that, okay, if I do this, I will fulfill the religion, religion's code. Religions do kill. I hear that all the time. People say, oh, you're a minister. Yeah, all religions do is kill. Well, you know what? They do. But faith in Jesus Christ only brings life. It brings life to those who have faith in Christ and it brings life to those who receive Christ and then take that message to other people. See, every single person in this room, you, ought to, you are grateful to some other human being, most likely, that Christ used to bring the Gospel to you. Raise your hand tonight if there was an individual involved in somehow, way, shape, or form that brought the gospel to you, where you, whereby you were saved. More than half, just about everybody, I think. Do you understand? Faith in Christ always brings life. So Paul's nephew found out about the assassination, and he told Paul, and he told the commander. So here's what the commander did. And in order for you to understand the seriousness of what was going on, the commander didn't say to to his, you know. Most revered soldier, listen, get on your horse, get Paul on a horse, and take him down to Caesarea. Couldn't do that. You know what he did? That commander mustered up 470 men to take one little Paul to Caesarea. 470 men. Do you know why? Because about 30 of the 35 mile trip from, from Jerusalem to Caesarea, 30 miles of that was in awful, awful, awful conditions, but great for an ambush. And the commander wanted to make sure that Paul got to Caesarea alive. Do you understand how bad this was? This wasn't just a bunch of, couple of people, uh, we want to kill Paul. This was an adamant, vicious, planned, purposeful attack that wanted to come against Paul to destroy his life. But God wouldn't have it. And they surrounded him by 470 Roman soldiers. How do we know it was 470? Well, because two, two centurions led their men as part of this entourage. And each centurion was in charge of 100 soldiers. There's 200. And then the Bible specifically says that 70 horsemen accompanied all of that group of soldiers. Then there were 200 spearmen. Can you imagine? Nobody's getting through that group of men to kill that one little missionary. Amen? God overdid it in some sense to say, hey Paul, you're going to be okay. So they get him down to Caesarea. 
And in chapter 23, when they get to Caesarea, the governor in charge there is a fella by the name of Felix. Now please bear with me as we go through the story. Because I really believe there is there's an encouragement here for all of us through, through what God did for Paul. So he gets down to Caesarea. And listen, some of you have been, been to Israel. Now, Corey's now been to Caesarea. Dinah's been to Caesarea. My wife and Emily and I have been to Caesarea. Anybody else been to Caesarea? It's flat out beautiful, I think. It is one of the most beautiful places that I, that I was at in, in Israel. You are overlooking the gorgeous Mediterranean, right? Mediterranean? Yes. I'm not really good with geography sometimes, so I've got to double-check these things. It's beautiful water. And at the time, there was this massive uh, palace built by Herod there, and there was a, there was a palace there, and there was a... Um, um, what do you call that thing? You run horses and races around? Yes, the Hippodrome. You had the Hippodrome there, and, and this thing was, was, was fantastic. And, and you got there, and it was an amazing sight. And Paul gets there, and Felix is the governor there. And so Felix keeps him in Herod's palace. But he says, to, you know, hey, let your accusers, they need to be present. So they, they waited some days, and some Jewish men came down. The high priest, a, a, a lawyer named Tertullius, he came in proud and arrogant, and he came before Felix and he said, Felix, it is my pride and joy to tell you all about this evil man, Paul. And we have found this man a plague, a creator of dissension among the Jews throughout the world, a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. And I could picture, Andrew, this, this lawyer, you know, escalating the issue and, and using all these big words and, and telling the story. And then Felix looks to Paul and says, okay, what do you have to say? Because the Bible says in, in Acts 24, verse 22, when Felix heard these things, having more accurate knowledge of the way, he adjourned, he adjourned the proceedings and said, when the commander comes down, I will make a decision on your case. And as far as I can tell, the commander never came down. The Bible says at the end of chapter 24 that Paul had stayed there for about two years because it says at the end of two years, uh, Felix was removed as governor there and another man named, na named Festus took his place. And look at Acts 24, verse 24. And after some days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul. And he heard him concerning what? the faith in Christ. And now as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and he answered, go away for now, and when I have a convenient time, I will call for you. Paul had been in prison. Paul's life had been threatened. Paul had been whisked away from Jerusalem. You know, it was 9 o'clock at night under the cover of darkness. But God, Jesus, had come to Paul and said, Paul, it's going to be okay you're going to witness of me in Rome. And now, he's sitting in this prison in Herod's palace. So much time has now gone by that Felix is no longer the governor and Festus comes into his place. And when Festus gets in there, get, gets to become governor, the Jews asked Festus to let Paul come back to Jerusalem to be, to be judged. And most likely, again, the plan was to kill Paul. And so Festus has said, no, why don't you come down to Caesarea and we'll have a hearing for Paul again here. Because I'd be interested to know what's going on. So they had another hearing for Paul. And they said Paul was a ringleader. Paul was this. Paul was that. And then Festus said, Paul, what do you have to say about it? And Paul basically in Acts 25 verse 8 Paul denied the charges. Here's what he said. I'm not guilty of any crime against the Jews' laws or the temple or the Roman government. And so Festus said, now what do I do with this guy? They said he's guilty. Paul says he's not guilty. So here's what Festus did. He didn't want the problem. So he said, Paul, you're going back to Jerusalem to, be, to, 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 to have 
to be judged by the Jews again back in Jerusalem. And again, Paul with discernment and wisdom, the third time Paul spoke up. And let's read together what happened in Acts 25 verse 10. And so Paul said, since you're going to send me back to Jerusalem, where I know, and and I'm kind of improvising here, where I know they're going to want to kill me. And you might not, Paul's thinking, he's probably not going to send me with a huge guard of centurion soldiers. So here's what Paul did. Paul said, I stand at Caesar's judgment seat where I ought to be judged. To the Jews I've done no wrong, as you very well know. For I am an offender, for if I am an offender or have committed anything deserving of death, I do not object to dying. But if there is nothing in these things of which these men accuse me, then no one can deliver me to them. I appeal to Caesar. And then Festus, when he had conferred with the council, he said to Paul, Well, Paul, you've appealed to Caesar. Well then, to Caesar you shall go. And while Paul was waiting to be sent, and I'm condensing this story. And you're probably thinking, Pastor, what is the point of all the Scripture that you're going through? I want you to see Paul's life. I want you to see the struggles that he went through. I want you to know that he suffered for the cause of Christ. He suffered for being right and truthful. He suffered for standing up for the, for, for, for the Lord. He suffered against religious people. And he didn't have it an easy way. And you know, sometimes you and I, we don't have it an easy way when we serve God. Paul's in prison. He was in prison for a little bit in Jerusalem. He was in prison for for a good total of two years. Part of it under Felix. Now he's in prison again. Festus. Festus says, "Eh, I don't want this guy around. You know, I'm just beginning my tour as governor. I don't need this headache. Let's send him back to Jerusalem. So now Paul appeals to Caesar. And while Paul's waiting to be sent to Rome, King Agrippa comes down. And in chapter 26, Paul told his story from start to present to the king. And so the king, and and, and Paul says, And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed the vision from heaven. Paul told him, Man, I was a Jew persecuting the Christian people. And I was on my way to Damascus to, to, to cause some more to blaspheme the name of Christ. But on my way to, to Damascus, Jesus came down and He spoke to me and I saw Him and He saved me and He changed my life and He put me in the desert for a couple of years and He, and he told me all the Gospel story that I am telling everybody now and the Word that I have isn't my own, but it's Jesus' Word. Who is God, by the way? And He was telling all this to King Agrippa and He said, look, King, I've obeyed the vision of heaven. I've preached first to those in Damascus and then in Jerusalem and then I've preached throughout all Judea and also to the Gentiles. And here's what I've preached to them, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove that they've changed by the good things that they do. And some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me. Do you get it? Paul knew it. Paul knew what he knew and he praised the Lord for it. And he said, God has protected me right up to this present time. So I can testify to everyone from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would have happened. Paul kept saying, look in your book. Search the Scriptures because they tell of the One that I am speaking of. And King Agrippa, the story goes on in Acts 26, verse 27. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. And Agrippa interrupted him. And he said to Paul, do you think you can persuade me? And I'm paraphrasing this to give it a little bit of a, 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 little bit of a better understanding in, in our way of English. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? And Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am except for these chains. You know what Paul said? I wish you'd be saved like me. And then the king and the governor and Bernice and all the others stood and they left. And they went out and they talked it over and they agreed, they agreed that this man hasn't done anything deserving of death or, an, or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, that Paul could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. But you know what? 
That's not, that's not something to think, oh man, Paul, if you just kept your mouth quiet and been patient a little bit longer, you could have walked out free. But that wasn't God's plan. God's plan wasn't for him to go free. God's plan was for him to be a prisoner. And God's plan was for him to go to Rome. Why? So, so that he could set before Rome and present the Gospel of the resurrected Jesus of Nazareth. And in chapter 27, Paul finally gets on a ship and he sails towards Rome. And they began to sail port after port after port after port. And just go to Acts chapter 27 and you can read the story there. And, that, and they got to a place called the Fair Havens. And they stayed there too long. And I imagine they stayed there because maybe they had nice bars and, and these sailors, they were drinking and they were partying and they were enjoying themselves as sailors do. And they just stayed a little bit too long. And Paul advised them not to continue, but to stay there in Fair Havens for the winter. But because it, it wasn't a nice place to stay during the winter, the captain said, no, let's go on. And they didn't listen to Paul and they, they, they went and, and they sailed on. And as they sailed into the sea, they, they got caught up in a typhoon, a, a northeaster called Euroclidon. And it was so bad. Do you know, it was so bad. Paul knew. Paul knew. And he said to the, to the sailors on that ship, about 270 out of them or so, he said to them, listen, if we leave the fair havens, we are in jeopardy of our life. Paul warned them, we're going to die if we leave this place. And then they get into that typhoon and the ship is, is a mess and, and they were worried. And it was so bad. You know what? The Bible says that they lost all hope. Look at chapter 27, verse 20. And the Bible says that the, the storm was so terrible and it raged for so many days. It blotted out the sun and the stars. It was just dark and they couldn't see anything until at last all Hope was gone. They thought they were going to die. And that very night, while the storm was raging horribly, while the ship was probably you know, being beat to pieces, while they were concerned about running aground because they had no idea really of probably where they were, and they could see that they were getting shallower and shallower, and they feared that they would run aground, Paul began to speak to them. In Acts 27, let's go to verse 21 and look what happened. But after a long time, they hadn't had any food. And Paul stood in the midst of them and he said, Men, I love this, you should have listened to me. And you should have not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster, this loss of the ship. And now I urge you, though, to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Do you know, the typhoon is raging while Paul is talking. The storm is in the midst of its strongest point. And Paul said, don't worry, because no one will die. The ship will be lost, but you will live. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. And he said to me, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart. Be encouraged, men, for I believe God that it would be just as it was told me. And you know what Paul did? Paul had a time of praise and thanksgiving, and they ate dinner. The Bible says that Paul took bread, and he praised the Lord, and he blessed the bread, and they gave thanks, and they ate. And then they threw everything overboard, and they undergirded the ship, and they prepared for whatever was coming. But what happened was, they got through the night, they ended up the next day, they let the ship loose from being anchored down, and they let the ship run upon a beach and they ended up running upon a place called Malta now the prison guard everybody wanted to kill all the prisoners but Paul's guard said no no let them jump off we'll collect them all you know why because God was protecting Paul again and he saved his life that night again 
And they, Paul got on shore and he was collecting up some wood. And you know the story. As he was collecting up some wood, a, a, a poisonous snake, a viper came and bit his hand. And Paul shook it off. And the people on the island said, yeah, yeah, that guy's a murderer, all right. You know, that's why he's a prisoner because he's probably killed somebody because that snake came and snatched him up and, and it's a poisonous viper. And they watched him. He ain't dying. And he didn't die. And then they went from him being a murderer to, hey man, that guy's a god. And you know what they did? They took Paul and they let him stay in Publius's house. Publius was one of the leaders of, of Malta. But Publius's dad was sick. He had a fever and he had dysentery. What did Paul do? Paul healed that man. Paul the prisoner. Paul the accused murderer. Paul the man who's running for his life. But Paul the man who God had set aside for a certain task. And who God had said, don't worry Paul, I'm with you and I'm going to see you to the end of what I've called you to do. And you know what? They ended up staying, they ended staying three months on that island. And now the Bible doesn't say, but there is no doubt in my mind and I can't prove it, but I know the character of Paul and so do you. For three months, do you know what Paul probably did? Because the Bible says that after he healed Publius's dad, that many, many of the people of the island brought their sick and their dying and their diseased and their fevered people, and Paul healed them as they came to him. And Paul wasn't in the miracle working business, was he? That wasn't Paul's goal, was it? Paul's goal was to preach the gospel. Paul's goal was to tell people about the risen man from Nazareth named Jesus Christ. That's what Paul was all about. And I imagine for those three months that God had them tarry on that island, that Paul continued with the Gospel. He has now been a prisoner for at least two years. How long he's traveled, we don't know. But there's been more than two years of time where Paul has been a prisoner. Not once did it change his passion. Not once did it change his mission. Not once did he stop doing what he was doing. But I, I submit to you tonight, there were times that Paul was discouraged. There were times that Paul was down. Do you know why I know? Because twice God came to him and said, Paul, take heart. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. You will get to Rome. It happened during the time at the riot there in Jerusalem when the commander didn't know what to do with him. And, 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 and Jesus came to him and stood by him and said, Paul, it's going to be okay. This is in my plan. Nothing's scared me or frightened me. You're going to go to Rome. And when Paul was on that ship, and Paul said to them, look, if we go out in that water, we are going to die. God sent an angel to tell Paul, take heart, Paul. The ship will land. You will eventually get to Rome. I might have some work for you to do in between, but you are going to make it to the end. And so he gets to Rome. And in Acts chapter 28, and so when they had appointed him a day, Many people came to him at his lodging, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both from the law of Moses, that everybody said that he went against, and the prophets, from morning until evening. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. Now, I'm done, but let me finish with this thought. What was all this for? Why is this story in the Bible? Why, why didn't God say, you know what, Paul was imprisoned and then they kept him there for a couple of years and then he got on a ship and there were some problems on the ship, but eventually he got to Rome and then he witnessed to, to the people in Rome. Why did God tell us that whole long story? Because you know why? Here's what encouraged Paul during those four to six years that Paul was a prisoner under the centurion soldiers, and Paul had no freedom of his own. Do you know what? Twice God came to him and spoke his word to Paul. It was the word of God that encouraged Paul. 
Do, do you see what I'm saying? It was God's words to Paul that encouraged him. Why did Paul never give up? Why did he continue his mission? Why did he continue to preach the Gospel when maybe everything he thought the way it should be was falling apart? Why did he carry on? Because God's Word encouraged him. Well, you'd say, Pastor, you know, if, if, if God came to me and spoke to me twice personally, I'd be encouraged too. Well, can I tell you something tonight? You've got more than what Paul had. In those six years, as far as I can tell, by going through chapters 21 through 28 and the story from Caesarea to Rome, as far as I can tell, God only spoke to Paul twice. But do you know He can speak to you and I every day? Listen. Go through these pages of this book. You want hope? There is hope in this book. There have been times when I've been so down and I've been so discouraged and, and there have been times when I've wanted to give up in my life and there are verses that have, that have anchored my soul to what God wanted me to do and have, have encouraged me. And I know the same has been with you. Andrew tells me of verses that God has just used to speak to him. And there's a verse in my life that, that, that has been the anchor of every time things go awry. It's this. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Well, pastor, if God was speaking to me like that, I would be encouraged. God wants to speak to you like that through His Word every single day. Say, Pastor, but there are times that, that, that I don't hear anything from the book. There are times that I feel like my, it's dry spiritually. And all I can say to you is keep fishing. Keep looking. Keep waiting. Paul, six years a prisoner, and twice God spoke to him. And there's not one time that I ever see Paul laying down his passion or his calling. The Word encouraged Paul. Let God's Word encourage you. You want to be strong in your faith? You will be strong in your faith in comparison to how much this Word is working in your life. You know, I told you a couple of weeks ago that, that each Sunday we're going to have a memory verse. and I had a memory verse, but I forgot to say it this morning. So I'll bring it to you next week. And we'll begin to memorize as God's body the Word of God. Why? Because you know what? The Word of God embedded in us will keep us from sin. The Word of God embedded in us will keep us encouraged to continue on in serving Christ. You probably don't know this man, but his name was Colonel Jack Mc... Colonel Jack McGuckin was the flyer. What was the other guy that came to our church Woodlawn? He had the broken arm. He, the gray hair. There's a, there was a Navy pilot during Vietnam. And I met, Lisa and I met the Navy pilot because he spoke at our church in America. And while he was flying a, a, a mission over Hanoi, his aircraft was shot down. What's it? His aircraft was shot down over Hanoi and he was taken prisoner. And do you know, long, you know how long he was a prisoner in the, what, what some, of, some people called the Hanoi Hilton? It was the pr prison in Hanoi. He was, he was a prisoner for seven years. And during those seven years, they tortured the, him and the, the other uh, soldiers and uh, 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 airmen and, and, and the different people that they took captive. They so brutalized and tortured him that when he crashed and ejected out of his airplane and came down in the parachute, that's not what broke his arm. What broke his arm was the torture that they gave to him in prison. You know what the colonel said that, that, that supported and encouraged and kept them going for seven years? Those prisoners in that prison, they wrote a Bible. They See, they would be given little pieces of paper that they would use for tissue 
And instead of using it for tissue, they would save that paper and work it together layer after layer until they could write on it. And then you know what they did? They asked everybody who, who had memorized a Bible verse in their life to write down the Bible verses that they memorized. And they put that into a collective book and they called that their Bible. And obviously they weren't, it wasn't perfectly uh, um, quoted and, and maybe some of the words a little bit different, but they put that Bible together and they would pass that Bible around hiding it from the prison guards. Why? Because, because he said it was the Word of God that sustained us and supported us and encouraged us through all those years that we were in prison. And I encourage you tonight, do like Paul. Stay the course. Keep the faith. God won't appear to you in a vision and speak words audibly to your ears. But there's no reason for Him to do it. Because we have everything that He wants to tell us in this book. Let this book be the foundation of our standing. Let's pray. Father, I'm just going to close in prayer by allowing our church to just take a time or two of meditation and private prayer and, and thinking. And so Lord, we just give this time to You as we can think about what You do for us. And Lord, I know, I was talking to some folks today, they are discouraged and they're hurting. And Lord, there's things that have happened in people's lives that they don't understand about. And I don't have the answer for them except stay encouraged by God's Word. Let it be your strength. Let it get into them, Lord. And do whatever it is that you need for your Word to do in our lives. And let's just pray.